I've got uh, a really elaborate way to try and get a date. And I've got a Seminole experience. Welcome to Date Fight. It's the podcast where we take great things that happen on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. Yes, we do. He's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley. And together we have felled the two mightiest oaks to make the battleship of history glide through the entertainment river of your head. We haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, (laughs) uh, Let's see which cannons you fire from the shore at it. No. Okay. Uh, I, I was like... just, mate. I was just grieving over the trees, mate. So you, you know what I mean. You, you broke tree my heart when you said that, mate. Yeah, tree griever. I'm going to take you to the 30th of March, 1821, when Florida becomes a territory of the United States of America. Whereas before it had, as we discussed, been a Spanish territory found by Juan Ponce de Leon, um, and up until the 19th century. Occasionally, every now and again, uh, Americans would get cross with the fact that it was there and just invade it. <laughs> they cross with it for a few reasons, partly because the Spanish, if any slaves escaped from Georgia and ran across the border, then the Spain would free them. Uh, if they became Catholics and wouldn't return them uh, back to Georgia, they could just live in Florida as free men or, or women or free whoever they were. Um, also, the Seminole Native Americans who lived there tended to harbour freed slaves and not give them back um, and treated them again like free people, which really enraged the people of Georgia that there was somewhere that slaves could go to not be slaves. So they invaded again and again and again until the Treaty of San Lorenzo in 1795 um, said that's the border between Florida and Georgia right there along the 31st parallel, which is why... Florida's got the weird panhandle bit that goes out because if you just draw a line straight across it, ah. you end up with that sticky out bit, which again, that really enraged Americans. It's like, well, you, you, you all that dangly bit, not the dangly bit and, you know, a bit of the <laughs> pubis. That's the. <laughs> Everyone always talks about the Florida pubis. Yeah. <laughs> well, Georgia is the Florida pubis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mom and Pop, they went to the pubis when they retired and. <laughs> Um, So in 1812, a group of Georgian patriots, and I'm using the word patriot advisedly, under General Mm. George Matthews, invaded, uh, but but it went really badly. So President Madison went from supporting them to not supporting them. Uh, In 1818, again, General Andrew Jackson, who would later become the President of the United States of America, wrote to President Monroe and said, oh, by the way, I'm invading Florida again. So General Andrew Jackson was more successful and he took all of Florida, which led to the Adams... Honest Treaty, which in which Spain ceded Florida to America and it became a U.S. territory. Not a state yet. It wouldn't become a state for another mm, 27 years. But it was currently a territory. And the they spent the next 27 years, of course, just trying to get rid of all the Native Americans who lived there. They were the Seminoles, um, and it led to the 1830 Indian Removal Act, which moved all Native Americans to the west of the Mississippi River, apart from the Seminoles. The Seminoles were convinced with the Treaty of Payne's Landing that they too should move to the new reservations that were been made in Oklahoma. So many did, although they claimed that the treaty had not been forged properly. Although they claimed that they'd been tricked into signing the treaty. Um, and currently there is still a small uh, population of Seminoles living in Florida. And they were the first people to set up gambling on reservations in um, Native American reservations. And since 2007, they've owned the Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, I did not know that. 
there you go. So do they do they now live? Is it is it near the glands they live? Yes, they no they live in the, yes they live in the Everglades, which is just the damp mossy bit underneath. Oh, the tufts, <laughs> the tufts. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tufts under the panhandle. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's a th- thank you. Uh, I've got the thirtieth uh, of March, nineteen eighty-one, mm-hmm. and uh, the fortieth president of the United States, Ronald Reagan, is shot Ooh. by John Hinckley mm. Jr. In Washington, D.C., just as he's getting into his car after he's been talking at the Washington Hilton Hotel. Mm. Uh, now, uh, John Hinckley's motivation was to try to impress Jodie Foster. Yeah. Do we have any... Uh, that's a rather elaborate inf- way to get a date. <laughs> Do we have information as to, as to whether or not she was impressed by it? Um, I think she did get subpoenaed at one point. <laughs> really? To testify, yeah, at the trial. And um, he was found... Uh, not guilty, Hinckley, by reason of insanity, which does feel a bit mm. harsh on Jodie Foster. Yeah. You know, she's I mean... a catch. She's a catch. <laughs> she's not insane. She's a catch. <laughs> so, oh, you're mad. Jodie Foster, do me a favour. Oh. You're mad. Yeah, so um, the thing was that uh, it, uh, Reagan's sort of stress response uh, to being shot, I mean, he was very seriously wounded mm. and he had uh, serious internal bleeding. Um, he he went into emergency joke mode. He was pure gags the whole way. <laughs> um, so Secret Service people were being operated on sort of next to the president because they'd been injured as well. Uh, when Nancy arrived yeah. in the emergency department, uh, Reagan's first words were her to her were, "Honey, I forgot to duck," <laughs> which is is nice, right? It's a it's a line from. Um, Jack Dempsey, uh, he said that to his wife the night he was beaten by Gene Tunney in boxing. Oh. And then um, when he was being intubated, yes, he uh, wrote a note to a nurse saying, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> argle, 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 <laughs> yeah. saying, all in all, I'd rather be in Philadelphia, oh. which is a WC Fields line. So he's good at Pure quoting gags. other... So he's gone into after-dinner speaker mode and he's plucking anecdotes from from the past, using well, other people's material. He wasn't material. plucking because... Because uh, they they took out the bullet, mm. and in the operating room, uh, Reagan just pulls off his oxygen mask because he's he's come up with another another zinger. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he pulls off the oxygen mask and says, "I hope you're all Republicans." <laughs> and everyone's just laughed like, "What the hell?" And uh, uh, Giordano, who is one of the surgeons, mm. uh, who is a Democrat, said, "Today, Mr. President, we're all Republicans." Uh. So there you go, pure gags. Well, that's amazing. I mean, to, to get shot and go, right, now is the chance to do my tight five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got some. <laughs> if I'm going, I want to get this stuff out because yeah. it's gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, that was that. That's lovely. Um, I'm going to take you to the birthday of Vincent van Gogh. Uh Vincent van Gogh uh, did 860 oil paintings in the last two years of his life, which, if my maths is good and it's not, uh, is more than one a day. And I, much as we all love van Gogh... Yeah, you're right there. Well, that's apparently how it is, van Uh, Gogh. If you're doing one a day, they can't be that good, can they? Really? Uh, Mate of mine, mate of mine, right? He does drawings (laughs) with Biro... You would swear it was a photo. I swear. <laughs> uh, Vincent van Gogh has had more boring movies made about him than any other artist, apparently. Apart from maybe Picasso. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just think that he's contributed hugely to the myth of the tortured artist because he cut off his own ear and was passive-aggressive. And if there is anything more 
toxically masculine than cutting off your ear because someone doesn't like you the way you want them to like you, mm. then I don't know what it is. So yeah. that's Van Gogh. There's, you know, daisies and things. They're, they're not daisies, but, you know, mm. sunflowers and all that. If you like that sort of thing. When he came out of the asylum, he was in the care of a homeopathic doctor, after which Perfect. he committed suicide. So yeah. that tells you all you need to know about homeopathy as well. That's homeopathy and the myths of being a tortured artist and just general maleness, all summed up by Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> um, thank you for reframing that. Again, I you know... It it is an unbelievably coercive thing to do, isn't it? To chop your ear off. Yeah, it's it's not a, a symbol of your true love. It's a symbol of you really yeah. want to make someone do something they don't yeah. want to do. Well done, Vincent Fan. To the extent that you will mutilate yourself permanently yeah, yeah. in order to get yeah. them to do it. Mate of mine. Anyway, uh, I've got... No, I'm kidding. I have a death for you, very sad death. Uh, 2002, uh, the passing over the Rainbow Bridge of Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother of the United Kingdom. Very, very sad day. Um, Now, before that, that was the Rainbow Tunnel until they opened the Rainbow Bridge in, what, 87, was it? That's right. It was the... um, Yeah, and I commemorated the crossing over the newly opened, thank you, Rainbow Bridge uh, of the Queen Mother by drinking a rainbow of Alcopops uh, <laughs> with my friends. We had every colour of the rainbow. Yeah. Because they were big at that time. Do you remember? Like turn oh, of the century yeah. Alcopops. Yeah. They were it. Moscow Mule. We, we really did it. We had a blue one and a red one and a purple one and a yellow one and an orange one. And... And then we decided it was the right moment for us to go and spontaneously outpour our grief at Buckingham Palace. <laughs> because it hadn't been that long since, of course, Diana. Princess Diana, which was genuinely very, very tragic. And, uh, you know, there were those scenes, this carpet of flowers stretching as far as the eye could see. And we figured, well, it will be the same for the Queen Mama, because mm. if you love your country, she's fit. <laughs> so we we got in a minicab and we drove up. To, this is at like, I don't know, 12 midnight, like something like that. <laughs> We drove up to Buckingham Palace. We all got out saying to the minicab driver, just go go around and come back and we'll get back in, okay? <laughs> and the poor cab driver, I was awful. He was like, oh, whatever, okay, fine. So he went off and it was me and my friend and my brother. And at the time, and this was pre-Borat, mm-hmm. uh, we thought it was hilarious to do a sort of amusing Eastern Bloc kind of accent. Mm. And so for some, we were staggering about... Uh, going, oh my God, I can't believe this queen mother is dead. Oh, so sad. Oh no. My brother was so wasted that he walked up to a policeman. There was no one there, by the way. So, you know, we got there and there was not a soul. There were no vigils. There were no candles. There were just about 35 very cold, very bored policemen. Yeah. So we got quite a lot of scrutiny, as you can imagine, you know, half 12 at night. My brother ambles up to one of the policemen there and starts going, uh, please, can I see Queen Mother? And the policeman says, no, sir, you cannot see the Queen Mother. The Queen Mother has passed away. Uh, but maybe I am doctor. If you let me see, maybe I can make fix to her. And I was like, what do I do? Because like he's he's out of it. Yeah. This is a bad idea because these policemen are very cold and very bored and would like nothing better than to warm themselves up in the back of a van. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I've got to call him away, but I can't... He's, like, the policeman's heard me doing a hilarious Eastern Bloc accent. Yeah, commit to the bit. Exactly. I can't now go, Joe, come on, let's not be stupid. Because then the policeman would be like, 
well, where are they from? What's going on here? Are they English or what? What's this? <laughs> so now I'm having to go, Joe, I think now, please, we must to make go now. Really nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> we got away with it. We piled into the back of the taxi and we went home. And the weirdest thing was that there's a, a, a radio station uh, in, in the UK, in London, uh, called uh, Magic FM. Mm. And they had gone over to somber music. Normally it was just pop and they had it on in the cab. And the whole way home, they just had this little station ident between each piece of somber music. They just went, this is magic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's okay. It's quite a laugh. Yeah. So there you are. Queen Mother. That's lovely. Queen Mother. Second fittest woman in the world. (laughs) Now. Today. That's it from us. Tales of our (laughs) salubrious pasts. Yes. Tune in tomorrow. Yes, I don't know what we'll have, but it'll be uh, pretty rocking. Worth listening to. Yes, um, if you yes. enjoy the podcast, and if you if you're one of those people that's going, oh, I got, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't even notice. Uh, two, I don't know, three quid a month. I wouldn't even feel yeah. it. We'd feel it. I could buy them a coffee. Yeah, if you wanted yes, to do that, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/datefight. Yes, and there are all sorts of other things you could if you want to give us more than that. You know. Oh yeah, you could, yeah yeah, but and and the more you pay. The sweeter we treat you. Am I right? Am I right, Nat? Yeah. Oh, it gets good. It gets real Sweet treats coming for Patreon subscribers this month. Oh, yeah. No touching. No touching! We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.